Well, welcome back to um, New Beginnings Uniting Church, and it's so great to, for you to be here with us today. Uh, I just want to pray before we get into the message today. I just want us to center ourselves, get ourselves ready to really interact with the Word of God. So let's just pray together. A gracious, loving God, we just ask that you open up the word that we have just heard, your word found in the Bible. May it give us life, may it give us hope, may it give us understanding for our lives. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit upon us that we may understand this today for our lives. Amen. Now we're into our 13th week in our series on the words, the ways and the works of Jesus, looking at a Jesus found in Mark's Gospel. So as we look into this, last week we were looking at one of the miracles and this week we're, going to, we're focusing on two more miracles that happen um, straight after this and they happen one after the other and the miracles are healings. Now, before we get into this, I want to talk just briefly about this. I want to talk briefly about um, healings and miracles, signs and wonders within the Bible. You know, last week I said that uh, some people take this and, and actually don't focus on these things at all. They ignore them, they put them aside, and it's really important for us to actually focus upon these, to actually know what they mean and the meaning for us. But I want to say this today. I want to say whenever we read the Bible, whenever we're reading the Bible, we actually read it through our experiences. We read it through a particular set of lenses that we have. Um, I'm not talking about the ones on my face. Uh, and that actually helps me read the Bible. But I'm actually talking about the lenses that we bring. You know? So we can bring um, scepticism whenever we read something. And whenever we come into life, we can bring scepticism. And so whenever we read the Bible with scepticism, what, what happens? We get a sceptical view about it. We question it. Or we can read it you know, just, just purely saying, I, I want to disprove this and you move about and try and disprove it. Or you can read it with an open heart and an open mind and let the Word of God speak into our lives. And that's what I want us to do today, to actually remove some of those things aside and realise that whenever we come, we come with our history, we come with our understandings, we come with worldviews, but we also come with the lenses that we place upon this ourselves. And so when we're looking at the Bible, we need to actually realise that we read it through particular lenses. So I want our lenses today to be ones that we can see the majesty, the works, the power, the love, the compassion of God speaking to us right now through his words. It's interesting because, you know, even in, if we were to look at another passage in the Bible from today, and if we were to look at, say, Matthew 13, and it's the parable of the sower, and this actually helps us to understand how the Word of God works into our life, how Scripture works into our life. You know, there's the, the parable that Jesus taught to those people around. You know, he used this parable about a man sowing seed upon the ground, and he threw seed on on the path, upon rocky grounds, and upon good soil. The seed is the word of God for us. The man throwing it around is Jesus Christ, and we, our hearts, our minds, our understandings, are the ground. So even here, Jesus is saying that the word of God will fall on people who are rocky ground, who it will never penetrate, never grow, never have any life. 
And he also um, says there will be times when it will start growing, but the concerns of the world will come upon us and we will let it wither and die. But if we let it fall onto fertile soil, so if we're reading the Bible and we actually understand it, and it's open for us, then, and, and the word of God comes in there, it will take root, it will grow, it will flourish, and you will have God's love working through your life. So it's really important when we come to these things, when we come to miracles and wonders, to actually understand the reason they're in there, the reason the gospel writers, in this case Mark, is placing this into his account of Jesus' life, into the words, the ways, the works of Jesus. We actually need to understand what it's there for. And, it, and, and, and I don't want to downplay it. I want to play it up. See, miracles, signs, and wonders are really important for us because in Mark and throughout all of the Gospels, they help us to understand a few things. See, miracles and signs, you know, they reveal, they actually reveal the divinity, that is the divine nature of Jesus Christ. They reveal that Jesus is God. And see, the miracles here show us this. They also show something else. They also show what God is like. They show the mercy and the grace and the care that God has for people in, in times of suffering, in times of need, in times of isolation and separation. It also shows us that it confirms God's word. I want to give you a little illustration here. Just say that you're driving out in the country. Your phone has gone flat because you forgot your charging cable, you know, you're driving around, you forgot your charging cable, and you're out in the middle of the country, you're driving down this country road, and, and it's out of GPS, you know, your car doesn't have GPS, you don't have a map, you're driving down this road, and you come across a sign, signpost that has a whole range of signs pointing in different directions. And you go, oh, fantastic, I've got a sign there that will show us where I need to head to. And you come closer and you look, and there's no words written on there. So the signs are basically useless, aren't they? They're just they're pointing to a direction, but you don't know where they're going. See, when we focus just on the signs and wonders accounts in the Gospels, it's like looking at a signpost with no writing on it because what the signs do is they point to God. They point to the destination. They point to Jesus' ultimate death and resurrection on the cross. They point to his saving grace for us. Signs and wonders in and of themselves are like empty signposts. No writing. They point to God and God's final outcomes for our lives. Signs and wonders also, and miracles also, help and result in people believing in Jesus. At the very end of John's gospel, it says this. In John uh, chapter 20, verses 30 to 31, it says this. The disciples saw Jesus doing many miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, is the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. So this is what miracles, signs, healings help us do. And Mark uses this to show that Jesus is the Lord and Saviour, to show the divine nature of him, to show the character, the direction where God is heading. And for me, one of the lenses I put on when I read the Bible is about community. 
about family, about faith, about how, um, how God allows us to come back into family. You know, if we read the creation story, we were walking around with God in the garden. We were together. That's what ultimately we want, to be back together with God, our creator, our sustainer. And so I read the scriptures in that light. I read the scriptures as though God wants us to be back together with him. That's a lens I put on. It's a lens of optimism. It's a lens of hope. And I think, for me, it's a fantastic lens. And I I pray and I trust you'll be able to start to see through that lens as well, that God wants you back in together with him, back in community with him, back in the family of God with him. See, this is the theme that runs throughout Jesus. And the reason why I want to say it's actually a theme that runs throughout Jesus' healings is if you actually look at these, you read all of these things, what you will notice, you know, that... Let's take the first of the healings that happened today in the scriptures that we looked at today. Uh, the woman who was, who was ritually unclean because of the blood flow that she had. See, there was the, the, these laws that men had made around the behaviour of women and around women's bodies and what they could and couldn't do at particular times of the month. And... and and they were removed from being able to go into the temple. They were removed from being able to, to come into that healing nature of what, what God would give through the temple because of rules. And this woman had had this going on for 12 long years, constantly. And so she was seen as ritually unclean. Not that she was unclean, but seen that way by the rules and regulations. And what does Jesus do? When she heals her, what does she do? She's brought back into the community. Suddenly she's not removed, she's not isolated, she's not separated. She's brought back into the community. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Brought back into that nature of of being allowed to be a part of the family of God, allowed to be part of that community again. If we go into other of the healings and the miracles that Jesus has, if we go into, say, the lepers, and the people that had leprosy, they were actually physically separated from the community. They weren't allowed to live in the same space for fear of catching leprosy. They were separated and isolated thing. And, and, and they actually had to physically go and show themselves to the priest if they thought they were clean. The priest would look over their skin and declare them either clean or unclean. And if they were declared clean, they were allowed back into the physical community and they were allowed back into the temple, they were allowed back into worship, they were allowed back into the family of God. So when Jesus heals them and says you are clean, you are healed, what is he doing? He's allowing them back into community, back into access that they was once denied them. So it's so important for us to read the Bible with those lenses to actually understand that there is wholeness and there is healing that comes through God for our lives. And, you know, and it kind of strikes a chord to me in this time when we are in this COVID situation where we are more isolated and, and you know, we've got our brothers and sisters in, in Victoria and throughout the world that are being isolated because of this disease. They're having to stay away. And one of the things is when, they, when they, that gets lifted and when there's freedom, what happens? You want community again. You want to come back in. You know, when we're isolated, when we're removed, what do we want? We want to be a part of. We want to come into 
So these healings that we've had today, the, the scripture reading that was read to us just previously shows us that Jesus wants us back into community and will bring you back into community for us. But I want to focus on, on, on three words uh, for us today. Um, and we'll put them up on the screen for you. Um, not three words, six words actually, sorry. Six words that Jesus says. I want, to, I want us to focus on six words that Jesus says. And it comes from Mark 5, uh, verse 36. And it says, But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. These are the words. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. The six words that I want us to focus on today, Jesus is saying, don't be afraid, just have faith. See, this could be said to us today in our times that we are living through. Don't be afraid, just have faith. For those of us in the building, those of us who are listening to us um, on the podcast, those who are watching online, whether it be Facebook or YouTube or Vimeo or our church online platform, wherever it may be, these words ring out throughout the centuries. Not only to the people in that moment with Jesus, it speaks to us today. It's so important for us to actually understand that because as we face this time of isolation, extended lockdown for people, removing from the things that we would normally do, heartache and pain is coming upon us, and coming upon the community, we need to remember the words, don't be afraid, just have faith. See, Jesus said these words to a father that just had an announcement given to him that his daughter had just died. Now, I don't know about you, but I would be a blubbering mess at that point in time. Anybody think that? Good, 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 good. I've at least got some response there. That's good. Um, but and let, let me set the scene for you so you can kind of understand this, of how impactful these words are to us in the times that we have and we are living through. See, picture this. You're the leader, local leader of the synagogue and, and your daughter is actually really very, very sick, gravely ill. You know she's sick. You know she may not last it through. But you've been hearing these, these rumours, these, these stories about a man named Jesus who, who's been healing people and, and removing demons and, and doing amazing stuff. And people are, are coming to him and their lives are changing and, and you just want to go out and see this person. You want to go out and ask this person to come and save your daughter. And you, you, you know he's coming into, coming into a nearby town and coming into your place and, and you, you go out and you're in the crowd and you're trying to get in the crowd and, and suddenly this person that you're looking for says, who touched my cloak? And you just look at, I, I felt the power go out from me. Who touched me? And then this woman comes up and you suddenly go, how dare that woman touch him? Because you knew that for yourself that you shouldn't do that, and she was unclean, how dare she? But he doesn't scold her, he just goes, who touched me? Because I felt the power go, what, what's going on? And she owns up and says, I touched you. And then there's this whole section where Jesus and this woman is talking. 
And he says to her that your faith has made you well, has healed you. She said she, all she had to do was come up and even if I touched the cloak of you, I would be made whole. And in that moment, as they're talking, some people from your household come and say your daughter's dead. And going through your mind is, how dare this person take up this time? He could have healed. And Jesus then turns and says, overhearing what had been said to Jairus, he says, don't be afraid. Just have faith. And suddenly there's a spark in you. This woman was healed because of her faith. And Jesus is telling me, just have faith. Maybe that's something I need in my life. Maybe that's something that I can hold on to. You, you, the, the emotions welling up, but you, you're being pulled between wanting to cry, wanting to get angry. The emotions are starting to overcome you and Jesus is saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just have and then the story goes on and he, Jesus goes to this man's house, removes the people and heals the daughter and brings her back to life. Now some people would like to try and explain away the miracle of what happened. Try and use scientific basis and you know, all of these different things. And it discounts the divinity and nature of Jesus if we do that. It discounts the nature of Jesus bringing back into community, bringing back into wholeness the family, the father, the people who are being healed. And Jesus wants that for us, to be brought back into wholeness, to be brought back into healing within our lives. See, for us, it's so easy to get caught up in our own issues that we actually forget to trust in God and trust in his promises of restoration and wholeness. See, when problems come upon us, we often let that compound and get on top of us. Now, let me be honest here. Life can be hard. It can be really hard. There can be ups and downs. Things, things are not always a bed of roses. You know, we will face hardship. Even if you have a life that is so blessed that you want for nothing, now you have all the money in the world, everything else you want, you've got it. You will still face times of hardship. You will still face failing health. You will still face death of loved ones. You will still face hardships that are beyond your control that happen around you. But how do we face those? We can either face them letting fear overcome us and that becomes the driving nature of who in what we do, or we can let faith be the calling card for us. We can let faith be the one that drives us and sustains us. See, the words of Jesus to Jairus, the father here, helps us to move our focus from the current situations that we often find ourselves in because so easy is it for us to, what's known as catastrophize. We have one thing and then we go, Oh, something else is happening. Something else is happening. More is piling on top. And it gets bigger and bigger and it starts snowballing and getting worse and worse. If we let fear take hold, 
if we let fear be the driver of our life, we will fall down into that rut of catastrophe happening in our lives. And Jesus says, don't live by fear. Yes, it doesn't mean that you need to be you know, reckless and do things dangerous and do things outrageous, but it means don't let fear control you. Even in those hard times, even in those times of sadness, and even those times of loss and whatever it might be that's happening in your life, don't let fear be the controlling factor. Let faith. Let faith that Jesus has paid for our sins, has died for us, the signpost pointing to the cross and pointing to the resurrection. That is something we can bank on. That is faith in Jesus will bring us there. But more so, it will bring us into restoration with God, with the family of God, with God ourselves. The creator wants us to be restored to him. Jesus refocused Jarius. Jesus, we can refocus us today. Not on the issues at hand, but the boundless, endless grace and love of our God. See, there is a tension within our lives. It's, it's a tension between fear and faith. And we can choose to either be fearful or we can choose to be faithful. Let's not let fear become our master. Not let it overcome us. But let us have faith in Jesus that will bring wholeness and healing to us. So, because there is power in the faith. There is power and faith in Jesus Christ. So you can see with the woman that coming up just touching the cloak, going, only if I touch, there's power in the faith that she had. And it healed her. It came from God, but it healed her. Power in her faith to do that. And there's power in faith in our lives as well. For there is healing power in Jesus Christ. So let's just pray. And as we pray, I want us to be really honest. I want us to be honest with ourselves. I want us to be honest with God in our prayers today. I want us to actually give us space where we can name our fears and where we can grab hold of our faith. So let's just pray together. A gracious, loving God, we just come into this space. We come into this moment. As we read through the words found in the Bible, we claim for ourselves your healing and your wholeness on our lives, your restoration. Lord, help us to face those fears that are in front of us. Lord, whether it be work, loss of work, loss of income, whether it be health, whether it be family problems or issues, whether it be concerns about people around the world, situations where devastation has happened, such as in Lebanon, but it's also happening in India, in Africa, and around the world. But Lord, there are many things that cause us, can cause us to be fearful. And Lord, we name these things for ourselves. We, we say, I'm not going to let this fear overcome me. I'm not going to let this fear rule me. 
So as we pray, pray this now. Go, God, I'm not going to let this fear, name your fear. I'm not going to let this define me. Lord, I pray that this fear will not overcome me. Lord, I have faith in you. I have faith that you will heal me, that you'll be wholeness, bring wholeness to me, that you'll restore me to your community and to the community around. Restore back to family. Restore back to health. Restore back to wholeness in life. Oh Lord, I pray that we will have faith in you, O oh Jesus Christ. Faith above and beyond all things. That this will define us and who we are. I pray this in the power of Jesus' name.